0: Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. It's with great pleasure that I connect with you guys again this week. I'm really happy to be sharing another excerpt, another session from my beloved retreat in Miami last month. This episode is focused on the discussion around sacred sex. Uh, And in this talk, um, we explore the conditions of sex presently on planet earth uh, what sex is as an energy or a force in our lives, and how might we begin to embody sexuality in the pure divinity, power, and sacred uh, essence in which it was originally designed or originally intended? I don't have all the answers to this question or to this puzzle, but. I do feel that we are at an unprecedented moment in time where we have the power to redefine how we interact with this amazingly powerful sacred force that is such an an intrinsic part of who we are and what it means to truly be a human being. I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Uh, We talk about some subjects that are um, intense, that, you know, may be... Difficult to hear for the first time, but it is interesting uh, to just be open and listen to the conversation and reflect on the ideas that are being presented in this episode and really feel into meditation and contemplation how they resonate or don't resonate with you, what is true for you, and how do you experience sexuality in your life. I think we've been selling ourselves way short on this subject. I know that orgasms are awesome, but I think we have only uh, begun to slightly dip our toe into this wellspring of pure, sacred, creative, spiritual, expansive energy that is ours to embody, ours to experience. And so, um, I guess that's all I'm going to say about that. Before we dive into the episode, I also want to announce that we're sharing uh, the first kind of demo rough track from Shriya uh, that beloved temple singer Amberia and I have been collaborating and creating together. This is a very rough track, but it's a little slice of what we shared live uh, during this workshop. So um, this gives you kind of a taste of some of the things that we were doing together and offering, and I hope you enjoy the track. It's quite beautiful, and uh, if you're like us, this type of music takes us into an altered state, into a realm of no time, where we are truly communing with a deepest heart resonance and sacred ancient tone and harmonics so um, enjoy the track we will include the entire thing at the end of the episode as is the tradition with uh, divine through line i also want to take a moment uh, to announce that i am doing the beloved retreat again at sacred space in november it's a little early but um it's good because it gives us time to plan the experience was so profound and so deep, and it became clearer to us as we journeyed through the week just how needed this kind of work is. Uh, we need to take time out of our lives to refocus our intention Um, come into truly serving ourselves as our truest and most beloved relationship in our lives. This episode gives you a good idea of some of the energy that's exchanged during that week. So if you're interested, you can go to my website there uh, with all the details. We are going to be ticketing again through the amazing platform Conscious City Guide founded by my dear friend and producer Mel Nahas. Truly a soul sister, an amazing cosmic being. She is a delight of creation, an amazing individual. So um, not only is the Beloved Retreat on that platform, but so are thousands of other conscious events all over the world. So if you're not familiar with Conscious City Guide, please check it out. It's a beautifully designed site with all of the feeling and symbols and photos and colors that... Uh, we all love. And um, it's got just a young, hip, cool vibe. And check it out because she's got events listed in many, many cities all over the world. And she is going to be ticketing for us again through Sacred Space. So um, I'm looking forward to that. We have a room for a larger group. And so if you feel like this is your divine appointment, I would love to get to know you and work with you at my beloved retreat in November. Just a quick note, um, we schedule this retreat to occur to take place right after seed food and wine uh, festival in Miami that is a Conscious plant based um, festival. So, if you're keen to go to that, you can stay on and come to my retreat afterwards. So, stay tuned for more on that. I'll be sharing over the weeks to come. Uh, I want to thank everybody who donated this week on PayPal and also to my beloved Patreon tribe, who donate every single month, which provides us the opportunity to produce this content. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. It means the world to me. And this medium is just an amazing uh, blessing to be able to connect with you all over the world and share some possible insights that might help you to craft your life vision in more divinity, more beauty, more love. So um, I'm going to make a pre-pre-announcement right now. I have a book coming out in April and it's already March. So uh, there's going to be an exciting pre-order campaign that we begin um, actually next week. So I'll announce it next week on the podcast, but I do want to mention that our book Uh, The Plant Power Way Italia is available for pre-order. This is a book that I created over the last couple years, and it's using the mastery of my plant-based cheeses in the amazing Italian cuisine that we all know and love. Who do you know that doesn't love Italian food? I don't know anybody. Maybe a raw foodie. No, maybe someone who lives on sunlight, which I'm sure is coming soon for some of us. Anyway, um, I've recreated so many of the beautiful classics. Uh, The book has over 125 recipes. It is gorgeous. It's uh, photographed on location at our retreat in Tuscany and uh, it really makes you feel like we've invited you into that experience. So um, you're going to love this book. It's amazing. I'm sure it will find a place on your shelf as uh, one of the you know great references of family cooking, family-style eating, and delicious, plant-based, cheesy, creamy, tangy, Italian food. So if you want to support, you can go to my, my website and you can click on food and you'll find a link, um, to go ahead and purchase the book, pre-order it. And I'll have more news coming next week. Um, so I think that's it for now. I'm just, uh, want you to know that until next week, I'll be sending you and your loved ones so much grace. Love and blessings. May we all be surrounded just in peace and beauty. And remember that this is an incredible time to be alive on planet Earth. There's a lot of very intense things going on, and it can be very disheartening to watch the news or to look around. But have you seen the swell happening of positive things, of uprisings that have been happening in the collective? This is truly a pivotal moment. And it is a blessing and a privilege to be in a body. And so remember that um, if you're feeling down or you're feeling overwhelmed, remember that you are divine and that you are supported and you are loved. And so I guess that's it for this week. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I'm looking forward to a continued conversation about this as we all discover how to enter into a new way of being in love in divinity. Until next week, namaste and love to you. Okay, so this is going to be a little strange for you guys because I'm speaking to this mic because I'm recording it, but I'm just speaking in the room to you. (laughs) So you're going to be like, the mic is not working. (laughs) So um, anyway, it's just become apparent that any time that I can record these conversations is just, it's really beneficial. So... Um, I kind of didn't do it for a while because there's a part of me that just wants it to be us and I, and I can easily turn my, my face away from any other kind of sharing, but it's really important and really vital because when I do share these experiences, it reaches so many other people. And so today, um, we're going to talk about sex, which is, you know, something that our culture just loves to talk about all the time. It seems like it's the driving, uh. Ultimate experience of every human being like like it still cracks me up that the orgasm is the most excuse me It still cracks me up that the pursuit of orgasm is like the number one highlight of 99.99% of human beings on planet Earth Um, I think we're really undershooting there. Just you know not that I don't love a great orgasm. I do like I'm all for it Um, so but what I want to talk about in this in this session, and I want to explore with you with a lot of your wisdom and your contribution is, is really what is sacred sex? And as we are on this precip- this precipice of like moving into a new way of embodying divinity, what does this mean in our relationships? And what does this mean about sexuality, you know, in various forms? And one thing that I want to share just at the start is that I've always known and felt that sexual energy is spiritual energy is creative energy. It's the same thing. So if you are creatively expressed, you're going to be balanced in your sexuality. um, And you're going to be connected spiritually. So for those of us that are going through heartbreak or breakup or... um, just an imbalance or anything around sexuality or partnering or coupling, one really great remedy is to express yourself creatively. So if, you know, you could do that in ways that are even not natural to you, even if you're not a painter, paint. If you're not a singer, sing. (laughs) If you're, you know, whatever it is, get creative and start expressing yourself. Expressing creative energy is a fulfillment from so deep inside that then you can um, really be whole, you know, be connected and, and engage in sex- sexuality or sexual experience from this very connected place. It's a, it's a place of well-being when we're expressed creatively um so uh in our culture i think it's important in order for us to move beyond this retreat is the beloved retreat and we're here to fall in love with ourselves we're here to finally step in and be the be the the guardian of ourselves (laughs) like be the one that takes care of ourselves um and and you know really dedicate our life and our energy to that but how do we do that when sexuality and sexual practices are so twisted in in, not in that direction and so i'm going to talk about a few things in the in this segment and a lot of this is probably not i'm not speaking to you guys you guys are beyond this way beyond this but i'm looking forward to see what you're going to contribute to the conversation as well but what i would say is that the fact that most human beings think that the most important thing in life is to have an orgasm. And the entire media, the commercial, like all of the advertisement, everything is set up that way. So even the media is, um, you know, I even hear people in wellness like, you know, spirituality is sexy, you know? And I'm just like, seriously, really? Like, is that where we have to go with this? and again not that sexuality is bad but it is it is so far out of the divinity that we've lost Mm. the true gift that it is sexuality is a sacred power it's maybe one of the most powerful sacred powers that exists that we can use for our expansion to experience things to evolve to create good in the world to do amazing things and what it's used for now at least i'm going to share from my experience of being a woman of being married three times Um, we have been in the culture, let me start with the Disney, like with the whole Disney layout, you know, setup. It's a prince princess paradigm. So the, the princess needs to be rescued by the prince. There's always a mean older woman that like does her in and, you know, she's in some kind of coma or completely debilitated until the prince comes in and gives her her moment of awakeness, and then, you know, she's, you know, just all flustered in, in dedication to that, to that prince. Um, <clears throat> and if you really look at the, the level that that's put into society at a very young age, I mean, it's literally set up where we teach our kids or we're taught that that's what we're supposed to be looking for. And, like I said earlier, I love, I'm a romantic. I love being in love. Like, I love that. Like, and how many of you in this room wanted to be swept off your feet? How many? Just raise hands. Okay, it's pretty much not, not Leah, but everybody else. She's raising a foot. Okay, everyone. So, like, and it's like when you look at that, it's like, oh, but it's so beautiful, but he swept me off my feet. And, but let's look a little closer into that story. And, The truth is, is that if you need to be rescued, if there is a rescuer, then there is also a victimizer. It's the same thing. The energy of a rescuer is the same energy of a victimizer. And it's hard to really grasp that because we don't want to let go of our knight in shining armor or the person that completes us. But why would a divine being need to be rescued by anyone? You all have enough energy you were created in divinity with enough energy to fulfill yourself. You, you are inherently perfect. You have it within you. And so this entire story has been implanted on top of us. And we, I mean, I know as a young girl, I was just spending most of my time looking for my prince. Like, when is he coming? And when, is, when am I going to be rescued? You know, how many little girls, like, they're just planning their wedding or, you know, whatever that is. And in my case, that resulted in, you know, a lot of promiscuous sex at a very young age where I was with a lot of different boys, you know. Um, And, uh, you know, it was a time where I I deeply hurt myself because I um, I was uncaring with this sacred energy that is my body, that is my frequency. And sex is not nothing. It's something very deep. It's not nothing. It's an exchange of spiritual energy that is on a, la- on a level that has so much power and so much depth. And so to be um, irresponsible with that or, f- or uh, uh, what I want to say, like, um, you know, to disregard that sacredness or not be in touch with it did a lot of damage to me, and it took me a long time to forgive myself for that. And I, I say forgive myself because I was looking for it. And um, you know, I, am, I did also speak out about Me Too later in my life when I had interactions with billionaire men who tried to prey on me. Luckily, I was a little feisty fighter and that didn't happen. But in this case, at this age group with what I was doing, that was my wound. You know, I was looking for that. So, my question is to all of us is, how do we reframe this? And, and the other issue that I, that I wanna just raise is this idea um, that, anything that anything that gives you sexual arousal is great, it's healthy sex. So like whatever you have to do, that's your own thing and, and you go for it. Whether it's violent, whether it's odd, you know, it's perverted, it's not, it's like violence has no place in sacred sex. And yet we've been taught in in maybe a feminine energy wants to be taken, right? So you have the, oh, she wanted him to overtake her because that was so sexy. It was so amazing. And if you even watch a violent movie, and I'm going to say something very kind of controversial and maybe hard for, hard for people to hear and, and takes courage for me to even say it and admit it to myself. But why is it when we see violence in sexual situations in a movie that maybe we feel an arousal in our body? Like I've, I've felt it. It's not like I didn't want to feel it. That's not what I do, but I felt the sensation. So what I do is I'm like, I don't want to see that why are we feeling that we're feeling that because it's in the planetary grid it's part of the collective so you feel it inside of you even though it's not your choice and so we're at a point where we get to rewrite sexuality and what it means what it means to be in divine union with ourselves and also with any part any partner of any gender of any any type that we have consensual agreement with, or, you know, desire with. Um, and uh, I think that until, until we as women step out of this wanting to be swept off our feet, you know, and participating in this game of uh, the prince rescuing us, we, we can't be free, we can't be fully realized in our sacred divinity. And so for me, <clears throat> the way sex has been sacred, and I've been cultivating this, it's not, it's not like I'm an expert or something, or I'm a sex therapist, but, <laughs> but um, the, one of the things that I've experienced is that um, you can manipulate the energies in a spiritual way to expand your energetic field. And so, for instance, you know, I'm not married to a tantric yogi, so I'm not talking about tantra, because that's a whole other thing. I'm just talking about normally in your life, with your partners, the way that you are. I think the first thing is understanding that you're divine, that this is a a divine mechanism, and that you are a divine being. And the second thing is, is to start to understand that when you enter into a sexual interaction you should create a sacred space for it just like we did here today in ceremony how you know we we have flowers and we have scents and we have water and we set a prayer and we set an intention and we set a boundary and we made offerings i mean only that just think if you had that little click in your brain wait this is a divine energy let me take a moment and create these uh, rituals, really, and ceremony to set the intention for my interaction so that it will be the highest. Just that already is a great, amazing shift away from you know, the more bas, lower, not divine, demeaning um, experiences that really sex is on, on this planet. I mean, sex <coughs> has been largely. Um, the other part is, and this is much easier for women, um, I haven't, I know some men that practice Tantra that have, that have shared with me, you know, how amazing it is, but it takes a very dedicated man (laughs) to do that. Um, so, uh, but as a woman, when you actually come to the point where you are going to have the orgasm or the climax Imagine that you're going to pull the energy up. So you're not letting it out. Cultivate the frequency, so you have the experience of the energy. And then when you come to the moment of climax, pull it the other direction. So that can be, you know, using the muscles, you know, in your sex organs and everything, pulling it up and the perineum and really drawing that energy up but practice drawing it up into your heart. And then as you exhale, you can let it expand in your body and even go like out the crown of your head. And already by doing that, you've completely shifted the experience of sex. Um, And so that's your homework. No. Uh, (laughs) I think the other thing that I wanna say too is that you know, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm, I am an advocate of sex. Sexuality is a part of what it means to be human. Um, you should have as much sex as you want with consenting people that you, can, that you feel safe sharing your divinity with, you know? Um, for me, I've been in committed relationships. That's what works for me. I'm a heterosexual relationship, but it doesn't matter. You know what what your flavor what your gender what your preference consciousness doesn't care like it doesn't matter it's only the consensual agreement and desire and the main thing is just understanding the divinity of it um so i think that um i would like to hear some of your perspectives on you know what i just said (laughs) <laughs> anything, any insights or any feelings or any questions that you have about that or anything that you would like to add. Like I said, we have to rewrite this. We have to learn, if we want to embody the spiritual power, we have to rewrite the way that we move and, and we act around this. And Jennifer's shaking her head, so I think I'm gonna ask you to say something. <laughs> would you give her the mic? You just say where you could just say where you're from
1: yes is it on okay okay hi I'm Jenny and I'm from Sweden uh, on this lovely retreat and uh, yeah I I have two little girls at home so uh, I'm thinking a lot about this and I'm really trying to raise them to be uh, not in this prince princess paradigm and uh, Really trying to get them to be strong, strong beings, but it's okay. All right. (laughs) Um, But I'm struggling a lot about how to because we are in this paradigm. How do we? How? How can I help them to come into their own energy and their their own divinity? They're young, but I see they're bombarded with things uh, from YouTube and from the television and from everywhere. So
0: that's my yeah, question. I mean it's I don't think there is an answer to that. I, I think it's again we have to, we have to try. We have to try to give them strong role models. we have to show, we have to teach and share about the divinity and what sexuality is. Um, and I think it's important to note and this is something that you know I've shared with men in my life, um, there's a, a common cultural norm where uh, a lot of, I'd say predominantly most men, think that it's absolutely normal and okay to watch pornography and to engage in, in that, and it's like, but that's a guy thing, and that's what we need, and I'm just here to say that no, that's, that's wrong, wrong action, and if anybody is a man and listening to this, and he has a child, um, he can just take that lens and just move a little bit out and understand that by engaging in that practice, he is cultivating, he is participating in this low vibration, predatory energy that is preying upon our little girls. And so um, then after that, let him decide if he thinks that that's a necessity you know, in, in his life. And the, and the thing is is that um, and you know it could be with women too. It's just I think it's more predominant with men, just because of just the genetics and the way that, the way that, you know, the the male is configured. Um, and uh, but I will say that any kind of activity that takes an outside artificial intelligence, whether it's watching a movie, playing with a you know some mechanical sex toy, like any of those things, it's like you know, use your body, explore your body, express your body and, you know, and experience the arousal, the the stimulation, um, have your experience, but don't think that engaging in these lower vibration experiences are going to be expansive for you or helping the greater whole, because they're actually, um, you know, just kind of low vibe, They're, they're low vibe practices. This is like, anyone else?
2: <laughs> Hi,
0: Shri. You said something that resonated with me that I'd like you to amplify a little bit. And that was that example you gave of the conditioning and specifically violence and the arousal point that you described. And then you said some words that I can't get in my head. You said that's not, that was not our, that's not our choice. Yet we learn how to trust how we feel about a situation as being our choice. So how do we get clearer on that not being a true choice that we're making in that moment? Yeah, well, that's a super good question. And this goes back to this truth that we are part of the collective. So there are things that when we come in and we incarnate that are part of our ancestry specifically, you know, and our genetics and whatever our line is. And then there's a lot of stuff that is just part of the collective. And so this is something that got my attention because obviously like I'm not into that at all, but I'm, I'm watching my body like with very heightened awareness because I'm in an exploration through my body to discover you know, what's going on, what I can clear, what I can heal for myself, which then heals humanity, which is the same for everybody. So I've been really diligent in watching what's going on. So a lot of times um, it's hard to discern, but there are certain um, implants in the grid on planet Earth, and I'll give you a few of them. One of them is milk does a body good. Uh, another one is that the banks are looking out for your best interests, <laughs> right? Uh, it's it's it, one, uh, another one is, is if you, if you eat vegan, where are you gonna get your protein? Do you, did, I mean, did anybody ever really teach you that? But if, before you were vegan, if somebody said that to you, that would be the first thing that came out of your mouth. You would have no control over it. You would just say, really, you're vegan? Where do you get your protein? It's like a program. So you, if you consider the earth and all this different information and networks, and, and it goes on very many levels. It's, it's, you know, the interweb, and then it's, you know, spiritual grids, actually, actually grids of reality of experience. And so that's a really good question. Who put that thought there? Who put that thought that violence is a part of sex, healthy sex? And who put that there that women want to be overtaken and overpowered? Who put that there? I don't want to be, you know, overtaken or, or, you know, overpowered. I want to be free. Yet I was, have been, and was, and is part of that paradigm that tells me that that's sexy. Oh, well, that's sexy, you know, for you to be, you know, weak and frail and cry out for help. So it's important that we look at that, and that brings us back to Disney and to Jenny's question about her kids. Who said that? Why are we believing it? Why are we going along with it? And now I have to talk about the Me Too thing, which is very controversial. And I did speak out <clears throat> about this because I had a very visceral experience with it in my life, in my 20s. You know, I had two bosses that were worth $400 billion, and they were locking me in my showroom, like trying to attack me sexually, attack me. But there was no sexual harassment lawsuits back then, or I would have been partying in like the Bahamas. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But I was very strong. You know, I had, maybe it's my Latin temper, or maybe I had just, you know, I had already been that through that other experience as a young girl. And it was, you know, I, I was done. I was done with this male predatory energy that was trying to push itself on me in that way. And and yet I love men. Let me just say this right now. I love men. I love my husband I love my boys. I love men and I don't think the answer to me too is to just be like Let's chop all the penises off (laughs) Like there's been such a swing. You know what I mean? It went from me too to like you know, it's also sort of a witch hunt and, like, going crazy in the other direction. And I may be one of the only people that can really say this because I am a me tour. But if anybody else says that, they're going to get attacked. But that's not the answer. The answer isn't to, you know, vilify our beautiful men. You know, this is part of... They're part of the human race, and they're part of the whole... They're part of the whole, um, you know... False game as well. Like they've been programmed. You know, well, she likes it. You know, <laughs> you know. So, and it was so funny because David Data, who's this sex guru, um, who's written some really, really kind of amazing stuff, he said a really funny thing once. He was like, he was like, ladies, like, you gotta tell us, like, exactly what's happening. He's like, if we're in the middle of, like, wild, passionate love and you kind of go, like, ah, oh, he goes, We don't know if we've hurt you if you're happy if you've got a back cramp you know he's like literally spell it out tell us so you know you also have to look at you know what our beautiful men have been through on this planet as well and not all men are those kind of predatory men or not all masculine energies are those kind of energies you know there are many many beautiful loving masculine energies that you know, have done a lot for women. But the problem is, is it's just the whole, you know, it's like when I cook, you can't make a good soup with shitty ingredients. It's like we're in a pot with a bunch of shitty ingredients. And it's not going to help, like, to prosecute this guy, not, you know, anybody can have their justice, whatever. But that's not the solution. It's not going to change the program. It's not going to change it. We have to take this soup and throw it out in the garden, and we got to make it again. And that's why I'm having this conversation with all of you beautiful goddesses, because I know that you have something to offer this. And so, you know, as far as I am now with it is creating this sacred space, having a sacred cloth that you take out, you know, make it a ritual and just take the extra 10 minutes. And even if your partner's not there with you, which this is what I did with my own partner, I made love to him as an emanation of God. That's what I did, in my intention. Now, he may say that. I I don't know that that he does that viscerally. I mean, I know he really loves and appreciates me, um, and we'll see where we journey together. But, you know, at least that, at least just understanding that we are divine beings, that we all have enough energy to sustain and fulfill ourselves like beautifully, like a beautiful flower that's blossoming. We have it all. And then from that point of awareness, if you're going to have sex, make sure it's sacred sex, even if it's only from your side, even if you're in a relationship where you have to like, you know, work it out. Um, Take the extra time, put the intention, love your partner as divine. And furthermore, uh, sexuality is part of being a human being. And if you're not in a relationship, you can engage in practice of self-love in exactly the same manner. And you can practice moving this energy up. It's your body. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I don't even like the word for it. It's such, an, it's such a not beautiful word, world, word, and so I'm not gonna say it. But the self-pleasuring, the, the merging, the union with your spiritual self, we have to create a new language around it, you know? It's a merging, a union with, with your spiritual force. And I haven't verified this, but I've heard from a lot of people that for women, it's actually uh, empowering and expansive, where for men, it can be um, depleting. You know, it's sort of like in the Vedics where they say, you know, hold to, you know, withhold the orgasm. But for women, it's not that way. And men also, like I said, I did meet the one man that I know who said that he had like Two-hour tantric orgasms in his wife, with his wife, and you know they were 30 years in or 25 years in or something, and he was fully vibrating in his heart, just completely, you know, vibrating in his heart. But um, you know, also I'm in my 50s, and Amber and Leia are in their 20s, and is what I'm talking about? Does that? Can you guys weigh in? I mean, for your age demo. Can you enlighten <laughs> us? You need the mic. Can
3: go first? Well, I, I need to think about it for a minute. What I want to say. She's thinking.
0: She's going to think for a minute. Let me see. I mean, you know, I guess what I, what I would say is thats that, is that Sometimes I think that it's changing in in the youth because I see some really amazing, expanded young people. You know, my children. You know, Leia, Amber, and then sometimes I get reminded that it's just a mixed bag. That there's plenty of young people that are completely operating in that in that sexual paradigm.
3: Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Thinking over. <laughs> Um, I think it's something, it's so ingrained in our subconscious, like the whole, the way sex should be, Um, and there's not education, like there's no sex ed class, or if it is, it's like, here's a condom, and it's just very, like, uncomfortable and awkward, and it's not, like, talking about the sacred, sacred, sacredness, sacredness of it, um, and like, you know, I have a book that talks about how in ancient India, they had sex ed classes. They would even like give demos in the class to the kids on like different positions and postures. And it was just normal, you know, conversation. And it wasn't like this weird, uncomfortable kind of thing you don't really talk about. And so I think one thing is just like as women, woman, we need to talk about it more. And that's going to change. Um, and just share like experiences because I was always under the impression like I was literally there just to provide the pleasure and then I wasn't able to receive any pleasure um and that's just all like I don't know where that comes from again it's like some subconscious implant um and so it's like something I'm still working through to like be in that kind of equal communion with the person and not just Feel this like pressure to provide, and then once they orgasm, okay, I'm done. Like this is over, you know. Which is such a fucked up um, way to look at this sacred, beautiful thing that does use creativity and it is an art. Um, so yeah, I think it's something that like. I've really, like, it's a new thing, I'm like telling men now, I'm like, okay, because usually it's like, we can jump to the physical really quickly, because I feel like they won't even want to hang out with me if I don't sleep with them, or, you know, and so it's something I need to, like, reprogram in my brain that, no, like, they'll, you know, they still like me if I don't just sleep with them. Um, again, like saying it, it just doesn't like, I don't think like that, but I think really that is on the subconscious level how I'm thinking. And so I've been able more recently now to like communicate with men, like, no, I've been practicing this and the response is really (laughs) interesting because each man is different. Um, so yeah, some guys were basically when it like things are getting heated, I'm like, okay, but I don't want to like, you know sleep with you or anything which in itself I'm like how do I even say that you know and not be like rude or weird but sometimes like I think confidence is such a big thing and just like owning your power and not saying it in like a I don't know just being honest with it and then um some men are like very respective of that and they're like Yeah, absolutely, I have no problem with that. And other men kind of say that, and then like you can tell though like next time they're thinking, oh, I'll get her pants off next time. Um, So I think communication though is a really big key in sex and just like telling the other person what you like and hearing what they like and a lot of the time we're just silent like David Data said, it's like, I don't know, hurting you or it feels good. So communication is big. Um, Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Leah, I just want to say that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think this is, this is a huge issue, and it's we don't know how to say what we want or what's okay or what is the boundary, and it's literally a program. I mean, I experienced it in, in my Lyft drive yesterday. Um, we're in Miami, and, like, I love Miami, but, oh, my God, could everybody just turn their radios down? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like a city of blaring, loud down. radios. that That's a frequency that's here. And this happened to be a commercial for some, you know, I don't know what, mattress or something. It was literally hurt, piercing my eardrums. So I asked the lift guy, I said, oh, hey, you know, could you please turn down the radio? And he appeared to ignore me. And so... I didn't say anything because I didn't want to upset him, and I thought maybe, you know, maybe maybe he was upset or maybe he didn't want to turn. But look at the psychology of that—that's going on in my head. And I consider myself to be a strong woman, and a kind woman, and a compassionate woman. I wasn't being rude to him. I just said, hey, you know, could you turn your radio down? But the fact that he didn't reply made me retreat. So, and now here I hear beautiful Leia, who's like the most beautiful goddess, I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous, like that she is, you know, again, having troubles, you know, saying the boundary out of fear of being rejected, fear of being, you know, yeah, being rejected, being abandoned. So look at how deep that's ingrained in, in our, in what that means to be a woman. So that was powerful.
4: I just want to comment on um, what you were saying about violence because so I'm reading this Osho book at the moment called Love, Freedom and Aloneness. It's all about our relationship to ourselves, being sort of the, the foundation to then relate to others. And at one point he was saying something similar to what you were just saying, which I found so interesting, where he said, it's so funny how our society hides sex, but violence is like, completely okay like kids can be in front of violent movies or whatever but if there's a sex scene make sure the kids aren't looking as if it's something like profane when like sex is meant to be love and violence is hate so we're like celebrating hate and violence but we're hiding love away because god forbid the kid the kids should know that mommy and daddy love each other you know it's it's almost like i find it strange that even in our culture the parents should hide their own sexuality from their kids. Like, I, mean, I, grew, I grew up in that paradigm, so I wouldn't want to know about my parents' sex life, but why is that? Like, why shouldn't it be something normal and even beautiful? Like, why should the kids be like, oh, gross, like, mommy and daddy, like, Ugh. <laughs> I, I, It's just something very interesting, and I think the time has come for, for that to shift, and, and we're all sort of, in our own way, trying to make that shift. Um, yeah, I think that's what I have to say. I just, I just find that really interesting.
3: Awesome, beautiful.
4: Thank you.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Miranda, I know you have something. <laughs> Go ahead.
5: It's Miranda from Cold Canada. Um, my question, Sri, would be, how do we create personal protection around the low vibrations because as I mentioned I'm very transparent right now my veil is so darn thin and it doesn't take much I've got a 27 and a 25 year old daughter who I had to raise through all of these tough things I think I did a darn good job but nonetheless I see this breakdown and it just it's almost like a knife in the gut it 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 hurts really really hurts we don't have a TV anymore, so there's no movie- movies welcome into our home. I've never ascribed to beauty magazines. They're not part of. But it's the overt sexuality, the cab I got in. The advertisement on the side where these beautiful, full-busted women about this all-nude review, and I was just, oh, like, welcome to Miami. But that's anywhere. It's not just Miami, it's wherever you go. And it seems to be
0: yeah, so, I mean, we can't. We can't get away from it because it's everywhere. So you're not, you're not going to be able to, I mean, it's almost like I feel like there's, there are different timelines of experience that are happening on the planet now. Not everybody's on the same train. And so we can not judge that and just allow it to be what it is, you know, but we can choose sacred sex. We can say, okay, because what we don't want to do is we don't want to create a, like a fight against it or an engagement with it, because then you're engaging with it. (laughs) Then you're amplifying it. So everything is divine. Everything's happening for a reason. Like we have to allow that its place, but we have to start being the way showers of this new way. It's kind of like in a way like eating Mm plant-based. Like, and then, you know, all of a sudden you're like, hey man, I'm practicing sacred sex. And then they're like, what do you mean? What's sacred (laughs) sex? And you're like, you're not practicing sacred sex. Oh, it's so much better than you know, the other kind of dog, doggy style sex, you know? So you, you know, it's kind of like that. It's gonna to have to be person to person to person. And how we protect ourselves is yes, um, get rid of your television. I have said that and that's beautiful. I, st- you know, it's interesting. I'm going through another sort of level of transformation because I have a bunch of kids and I wanted to be in their life with them. And I've sort of shredded this mid- middle path. So. I've, you know, been a big advocate of movies and, you know, go along with a lot of things to sort of fit in. Um, But even now, I'm even more aware um, of everything, social media, movies, whatever you're looking at, there is an opportunity cost that's happening to you, right? That's what you're feeling with your sensitivity. So it's like whatever you choose, it's taking something from you. So the energy is going two ways. So it's not just like, okay, I'm going to go watch this violent movie because it's great art. I've, I've said that a lot because, you know, my, we're artists. So I'd be like, oh, but it's really well done. <laughs> really super well done, right? But then if you really start to get more refined on that, you're like, oh, that's an opportunity. Like, that's taking something from my soul. It's taking something from me or it's putting something in that I don't want. <laughs> you know? So we have to make those choices. And then the other thing that I would say for that is again, my ceiling techniques, which I've, I have a lot of episodes on my podcast with the ceiling technique, but we're going to do that together. Um, because if I could teach you one thing, I'm going to give you lots of things, but if I gave you one tool, it's a really powerful tool to be able to do yourself. And that prayer that I did this morning, each one of you should be able to facilitate that in your own space. You guys are the ones we've been waiting for. You need to go in your own communities and do that. So whatever I teach you, I I want you to pay attention with the intention that you can use it. You know, you can go do that in your own families, communities, you know, with your girls, with your children. But yeah, we have to start create that energetic container and and remember I told you the story on break of of Tom wanting to connect with me and he couldn't get into my energy field. So, you know, on one hand, you you could say, oh, but that's so sad because you were not open, you know. But no, not in this playing field and not at this place. And everything is sourcing from within yourself anyway. So as long as you're connected to your own heart, you're going to have an endless flow of creativity, divinity, sexuality, beauty. You know, it's like a fountain that's flowing. So always go into the heart, but then understand that energy is something and bringing this back to sexuality, I'm going to bring up fantasizing. So remember that thoughts are things. They're not nothing. And if you engage in fantasy illusion thoughts, imagery, with someone who's married, someone who doesn't know you're doing that with them, someone who's you know, a celebrity, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, they haven't consented. It's basically, you're infringing on their energy field and you're cultivating an energy that is not in right right alignment, not in right alignment, because you don't have the permission to do that. And if you're in a relationship with someone else, it's also not cultivating what you want in your relationship, and listen, I've been in a relationship where I did that and I get it. And it's because something was not quite clicking. And so I fantasized out of the room in order to survive in the relationship. Um, And that might be a coping mechanism and there's no judgment, you know, we're all just in this experience, but it's something to consider. It's something to consider. So maybe the next time you feel yourself doing that, you might choose a different behavior or you might choose instead to think about your beloved if you're in a relationship. Or the, one of the hardest things I think that we're going to need to do is, instead of focusing on a physical body, focus on energy, pure energy. And this takes some cultivation because we're not wired to do that. So the way that we do that is you, you stimulate with using your own body, or with a partner, but you focus on the feeling and you've done your sacred ceremony, your prayer, you've created the intention of the space, and you visualize a communing with spiritual frequency, whatever that is for you. And so I'm going to check up on you guys in like three months, and I want to compare notes and see, just see what your experience is, because I'm not an expert, I'm just realizing that the old thing just is not working. And I don't want that in my life. It's not, it's not working for me. And, you know, I want, I want to be able to embody sexual energy as the creative spiritual gift that it is. And then from that point, go have sex, party on, you know, enjoy, celebrate, you know, be sensual. All those things, I I don't have, it's not about having a hang-up about that. It's about how are we coming to the the experience? How are we showing up for the experience? I think we can do better. You know, I've asked people, please don't use sex in your marketing. Please don't. We don't need any more. You know, our products don't have to be sexy. (laughs) Let them be divine. Let them be expansive, you know. So, does
2: anybody else have anything? Oh, yay, Erica. <coughs> Oops. Hi, my name is Erica from California. Um, so probably like most people here, I have a complicated relationship with sex. And um, I'm interested to hear you talk a little bit about the void, like the emotional void. Cause um, growing up, my dad left really young and I had similar experiences to what you talked about, Sri, being very promiscuous at, in my teens and my um, early 20s. Um, as a teenager, I was raped at a party, and I, after that, I think I felt like I had to say yes or I would be forced, like there was this thing that just made me feel like it was just easier. And then in some way, I think that turned into like trying to use sex to fill an emotional void that I had Um, and then uh, fast forward in my 30s I came out and recently um, a 10-year relationship ended Um, and so as you know I've listened to you over the last couple of years talk about sacred sex and as you've talked about it it resonated and I'm, I'm thinking yes that's who I am now right it just felt right but then when I came out of my relationship, I immediately got into a relationship that was very emotional and sexual, and almost maybe to a point of like, and I do have an addictive personality, I'm in recovery, um, to maybe to a point, to a point of, of like feeling addicted to that um, experience. And so here I was using sex to fill a void again, you know, at 53. Years old, after agreeing with you for the last couple of years and everything that you said, so um, so I'd like to hear you um, talk about it from that perspective. Yeah, beautiful. I'd stop state. that. Thank <laughs> you, Erica. Thank you. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is getting to Alina's question. Really, this is really getting to the core. The reason for that is that humanity, over the course of thousands and thousands of years, or we could say, you know, all time, has very sordid experience with sexuality and so there has there have been um low vibration uh interactions and manipulations by outside energy in the sexual centers of the human beings and so the way and the reason that that you have that is that it's a patterning that is an attachment that is not your design not your divine self but it's likely Uh, something that we call a succubus. It's a sexual entity attachment. And when I talk about attachment, nobody freak out. It's not like, you know, the exorcist with like green vomit spewing spewing (laughs) around. Uh, Mostly everyone in a body, you know, has some sort of attachment of an energy. And it's this thing that I was talking about before, that if you don't embody yourself, something else will, because we live in a parasitic world, a parasitic universe, really. So something is always wanting to prey on your energy so if you look at the energy of our culture everyone's trying to get something from someone else right all the focus is external you know i see your shirt i want that shirt you know i see i want your boyfriend i want your you know whatever it is it's like we're all just looking and the whole celebrity play is going and you know a lot of that um and it's uh it's because that that addiction you know i mean i've said this many times i'm married to an addict a a recovering drugs and alcohol addict rich and um you know i live with rich and that entity it's not him you know and when he relapsed you know i was like are you fucking kidding me are you like are you insane like we almost died (laughs) like how can you relapse now you know And it was just one day, you know, that he shared on his podcast, but he explained to me, he's like, honey, I have no control. It's like, I didn't want to do that. There were certain events led up to it. The the entity got a lot of power or got uh, over-amplified and literally took over him. And the next thing he knew, he was drinking. He didn't even know. So So many of us, and he's an amazing individual by the way. I mean, you know, so I'm just sharing this to say that we all have issues. I had um, a session before I came here um, with two amazing clairvoyants that are holding space for us also here. I wanna just mention them, Tamara and April, who are literally a gift to me, and I'm so blessed that I know them, that I have them in my life. Um, They were helping me clear a past timeline that has to do with my head pain. And there was a sexual um, attachment that was ready to come out that had to come out. So if you think of like, we're like onions of layers of energetic experience. And so it's not a one stop thing. It's not like, oh, you know, drink this potion and then you're fine. Or listen to Srimati talk about sacred sets once and then you're great. (laughs) So, but what I can say and what I'd like to do, I'm I'm feeling into it. I had thought maybe I would do like a group sexual healing. and uh i have to i have to test into that and see if it's okay i may have to do you guys individually but do like mini like so i have to see how that is but um i have a friend of mine that um it was funny because she had heard that podcast a very amazing person i won't reveal her identity because she didn't give me permission but she called me afterwards and she's like shri i got one of those it's been visiting me in my room (laughs) she she came over and i did a session and it's gone done so i was taught how to how to just take those and it's just it's basically again like in spiritual transformation you need to know the truth okay we can't ascend and embody our true divinity if we don't know the truth so i'm not a rainbow unicorn healer or a spiritual guide you know i mean i love the idea but if you if you watch the news or looked out your window you can see that that's not what's happening here right now so you know you have to look at what's real you have to face the ugly truth and go okay you know and then from there you can claim your divinity you can um, you know commit to eating for your body temple commit to alternative healing practices ask every day in your meditation ask at night when you go to sleep program your sleep state say i dedicate my sleep to clearing any sexual attachment or or to embodying sexual divinity. Speak to me, guide me, lead me. Um, so you can do those kind of things, but it's a process and it exists everywhere and that's the problem you know, on this planet. And so how are we going to write a new way of being in divine union if we don't create it ourselves? We came here to create it. So in a way I'm asking each one of you to participate. This is not my, I can't do it alone. Like it's, it's, a, it's a vast subject. So those things that I shared with you today are things that I've discovered. And, um, and then from there, you know, you guys are gonna tell me, you're gonna be up here next time telling me what to do. <laughs> so sharing experience. So does anybody else have anything? No, okay. We're good. That was good, right? How do you think that went? Did it go okay? Yeah? It's kind of scary. I was kind of like, I don't know if I should talk about all that. You know? Yeah. You got to talk about it, you know? So anyway, so anybody, when we post this in a future podcast, um, you know, everybody share your experience of sacred sex. Let's, Let's write a new way of doing it. Let's find a way to do it in a new way. Let's create a new way and let's start being the new voice for beautiful sexuality. Like I said, love men, love sex. Let's just do it in a high-vibe way. Deal? I just said deal like Gudu
4: Singh.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, Gudu Singh sent a message earlier. Let me just read it to you. He didn't know I was teaching. He just texted me and was like, are you, how are you? Um... Okay, so he says, this is our year, and the winds of change are with us divinely. He said, it's exactly the opposite from last year. So bringing our, (laughs) so sweet. No, so tomorrow was the day that we're going to talk about the immensity of your life mission. You know, really just how important you are, how important, how significant it is that you're alive in a body, and that you're sitting here. So, and not, this isn't to cultivate self-importance, it's to cultivate divine integration, and you know, um, Consciousness doesn't defend, or divinity doesn't defend, it simply is. It just is. It's a vibration. It's not something you have to prove or you have to fight for. When you're in your neutrality and you're in your heart resonance, you simply are, you are in being. And there's nothing that can make that un- untrue, You know, unreal. So anyway, thank you guys for sharing so openly and for receiving my controversial offering. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad we talked. So anyway, thanks so much.